If you're like the majority of people I've talked to, you don't really have an incident response plan for ransomware. That means you'll be flying by the seat of your pants when you get hit. The good news is I have just the episode for you. It's an extremely popular episode from earlier this year where we talk with Melissa Palmer about what to put in your response plan and how to build it. It was so popular that it makes the perfect episode for our winter break. Even if you've heard it before, it's worth a second listen. If this is your first time listening to us, hi, I'm W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup, and I've dedicated my career of over three decades to helping those of you that have the job that I had when I first started, the backup person. This podcast is just for you. We turn backup admins into cyber recovery heroes. This is the Backup Wrap-Up. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup, and I have with me my super expensive vacation planner coordinator. How's it going, Persona? I'm doing well, Curtis. How are things going? Are you excited? <laughs> we're, Wait, are, I, I, we're having technical difficulties. As you can tell, we're trying to keep this real, but yes, doing this for the fifth, ta- fifth time, it's a little hard, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, I am excited. Um... Uh, and my wife is starting to get excited. I started showing her some pictures a while ago, and she's been like downplaying it. Like she doesn't want to get excited. She wants to be sort of excited. But I needed her to prep for the vacation because this is so. This is we're going to the Maldives, uh, which for those that don't know is a series of islands off the southern coast of India, and. Um, and and I'm on one of those islands and it's a tiny island that literally we could walk from one end to the other in probably about 10 minutes. Um, and uh, we're staying in one of those things over the water. Like oh, the our, villas over our, the, yeah. The villas over the water with our, we have our own pool and then right on the other side of the pool is the ocean. Um, I mean, it's really, really cool. <laughs> Can I stow away <laughs> in your luggage? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it looks really cool. Uh, we're very excited. We're having our a repeat guest. And um, we, we had her on uh, a few weeks ago, and we got talking about ransomware, one of our favorite topics. And we, we, we got into this phase where it was like, you know what? That That is a great conversation, but there's no way we could we could do it justice on that recording. So he says, hey, we're going to have her come back. And uh, she is, uh, she's been in the industry for quite a while and she's been specializing in, uh, she's done VMware. Uh, she did now she's, she's working, uh, she's starting to specialize in security and ransomware. So we're, uh, and she is the author of the vmiss.net blog. And we are excited to have her on the podcast again, Melissa Palmer, aka vmiss. Yes. How's it going? Thank you for having me back. It's going good. <laughs> I was surprised that you were like, oh, I'll come back on the podcast after I was like, yeah, that was, of course I come back. <laughs> well, thank you but for being back. It takes podcast. a lot more. You said it. I've been in, around this industry for a while. It takes a lot more than that to scare me away. <laughs> and Curtis, I think uh, now might be a good time to put out our normal disclaimer. 
Yeah. Persona and I work for different companies. Uh, he works for Zoom. I work for Druva. This is not a podcast of either company, and the opinions that you hear are ours. Also, be sure to rate us at uh, uh, ratethispodcast.com slash restore. And um, if you want to join the conversation, reach out to me. By the way, I, I got to give a bunch of ways because I, I got some complaints and people say, well, I don't use Twitter anymore. So how do you give your Twitter address. So my LinkedIn is, you know, linkedin.com slash li slash Mr. Backup. Uh, you can find me there. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, Facebook Messenger. But my email is uh, W. Curtis Preston. Uh, my Facebook is W. Curtis Preston. I'm pretty easy to find if you're looking for me um, and reach out to me and we'll get you in on the, on the conversation. Yeah. Um, the, uh, this, this thing of responding to a ransomware attack, th this is something I've been spending a lot of time on lately Yeah. Uh, because I've been, I'm, I'm working on writing my next book, which will be about responding to ransomware attacks. You know, one of the things that you said in the pre-call was that if if the first time you're thinking about responding to a ransomware attack is after you got a ransomware attack, mm, yeah. it's not so good, right? It's not so There's good. a lot no. of, yeah. In fact, when I was looking at the sort of the outline that I've been working on for the book, most of the outline is the first half. <laughs> Right. Everything that you need to do before, right? Um, and that's you know, it's like you can't just talk about ransomware recovery, right? Like right, it, it's, right. It's a hard topic to talk about because you're like, right. there's all this other stuff. But if you haven't done it, guess what? You're not going to be able to recover. So we can't just talk about recovering. It doesn't work that way. Right. It's sort of like I, I've made the joke uh, a, a few times, probably on the pod, where I've said, listen, you know, I've been in the backup industry, you know, a long time. I, I've decided to give up backups and I'm just going to skip straight to restores, right? <laughs> you can't really, you can't really do that. Uh, just like I've also said that if I'd have known how great grandkids were, I would have just gone straight to them. Um, <laughs> but not, not really possible. That's how it as works. Well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a but, really good um, analogy though. It really is. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> By the way, you want a little, little sad thing? So my granddaughter and her mother and and her husband uh, are. This is their last day in my house. I was going to ask you here. about that. Been living here for a while, and they're moving out tomorrow. So mm. we'll we'll sad moment. We'll sad moment. Um, but uh, anyway, so you know, sorry to bring that down. <laughs> so. Let's talk about what, what do you think, Melissa, Let, let's sort of go through those things that we really needed to have done before. Uh, well, let me, let me try to set the stage a little bit. Like, does everybody remember like the disaster recovery tests, like back in the day, you go to the colo, you got the check, the, the, the yep. board, Checklist. you make the checkbox. Yep. Isn't like, I don't know, you play doom for a while and eat some food. Someone restores a server and it's like, well, doom. it kind of worked wow. and we're good. That's how old I am. Um, so, and then you're like, oh, it kind of worked. So we passed our DR test, but we can't actually recover, right? So what you need to do is actually do a ransomware recovery test where you actually recover everything. There's another right. concept. And when you do that, you're gonna figure out all the stuff that you didn't do, cause it's not gonna work or something's not gonna right. hit, whatever. But it, it's, you know, talking from the backup lens, because I was at Veeam for quite some time, um, something I talked a lot about with Veeam customers was, you know, trying to understand the whole recovery process. Because if I'm the backup admin and we get ransomware, I don't just go start restoring stuff all over. 
Like, that's not what happened. It's not like, oh, no, ransomware attack. Let me start restoring servers. We'll be back online right. in 20 minutes. Like, right. it doesn't work that way. Um, you have to figure out what happened before you can start restoring. You have to figure out what happened. You have to figure out if the threat actors are still around. You have to understand what was impacted. I have heard a lot of people say, um, oh, well, we treat ransomware different and we just recover in place. So we're good to go. And I'll go Wait. back to the little VMware. Yeah, I'll go back to the VMware ransomware thing. Well, if your VMware environment is ransomware, guess what? You're not recovering in place because there's nowhere to recover to. Uh, so it's understanding all those different things. You need to have some kind of understanding of what happened before you can recover. And that is generally driven by the incident response process, which is going to be driven by the security team. So again, right. if you haven't talked to the security team before ransomware has attacked you, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. Or vice versa, if the security team hasn't talked to you about right. how backup still... integrates into that process. Oh, that's really that's, scary. That's yeah. Really, that's, really, that's really disturbing. That's actually really, yeah. even, I think that's scarier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's a it's a combination, right? Well, you know, uh, yesterday, I think that was yesterday, we recorded a, a great podcast, uh, by the way, with Tom from Gestalt IT. Um, that, that, uh, no, uh, networking nerd. Networking nerd. Yeah. yeah. And he, uh, we were talking a lot about the networking side of the, mm. the response, right? Shutting yeah. down things, um, and, and using a combination of technologies, many of which are easier to use if you, if you yeah. set them up, up front. Right. Yeah. And, uh, talking about things like VLANs and, uh, you know, like one of the things we talked about was, having a VLAN for all of your desktops and laptops so that if you want to stop everybody from doing anything, you just shut off those VLANs and boom, um, there, you know, instead of having to notify 5,000 users, Hey, stop doing anything. You just shut off their network. So they can't, they can't do anything. And then if stuff is still happening, um, well, it's not the users, right? Yeah. It's, it's malware, right? It's back so to that's segmentation. The kind of where, you know, yeah. Yeah, you just, the network segmentation and the, the security yeah. part. I think um, wh wh what role do you think the? I'll ask you what you think before I say what I think. <laughs> so, what role do you think cyber insurance companies and then the the companies that they can put you in touch with the so the cyber insurance is becoming more and more interesting because it gets to the point where they hand you the list of things you need to do before they'll issue your policy and guess what you're going to probably yeah. be able to cover anyway um but a big part of i've seen in a lot of policies lately is having um, basically an instant response firm on retainer ready to go as part mm -hmm. of your policy and i think right. that is invaluable i think everybody should have some kind of relationship with an ir firm if you can't do it in-house and uh, even if you can, right, sometimes you do still need that outside perspective. I know a lot of larger orgs are like, no, no, we do our own IR. Well, you do your own IR, but you're not dealing with ransomware every day, and these people are. So you might want a little bit of help. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, I hate I, to do it, but another another movie reference. I just saw the <laughs> the movie Plane, and you know, the plane goes down in the middle of nowhere, and they brought in plane. the guy. They brought in the incident response guy. Basically, once he showed up, right? <laughs> See, uh, there's a movie reference for everything. I but, haven't. I can't um, tell you the last movie I've watched. I really can't. I don't even. I, know. Can, I can. I can pull up my app. Because uh, I have the Regal Unlimited. I can tell so you the last I, thing I watched. I can't tell you the last movie I watched because I don't remember. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I I saw like three this week. So <laughs> in yeah. in the theaters. So back to the cyber insurance from movies. Yeah, I'm talking about cyber uh, insurance, I, incident yeah, response. Yeah. That's what no, we were talking but, about. But 
But I think, <laughs> well, this is one of the points that I remember because remember when Tony came on from Spectrologic, Curtis, and yeah. he was like, oh my God, they got hit with ransomware. And he's like, just the previous month, they had signed up for cyber insurance. They had an IR firm come in, give them sort of the list of, hey, here's everything you need to do to help recover. Right. And yeah. he was like, that was probably the most valuable thing of that sort of cyber insurance policy was having the and experts I think who could walk it, you through. And it, and it wasn't even like he, he was just lucky enough to have already, you know, contracted with them. Right. Yeah. But the best, I think, would be to, well, yeah. not that you would know this, but to do it not a month in advance, but obviously yes. way in advance. Right. And to, get, and to give you some time to work with the incident response team and to make sure that you're doing the things that they want but, you but to that's do. Like, that's like the problem, right? Like, it's not if it's when, and you don't know when. It could be tomorrow. It could be next week. It could be next month. It could be next year. Like, you don't know. It could have when. been three weeks ago. Could, yeah, and you just haven't realized it yet, right? Yeah. Do it today. <laughs> that's my favorite. Yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, which is why it doesn't matter when you invent a time machine. <laughs> you know, I have bad news to you. What? I haven't invented a time machine. Because okay. there are certain points I've always promised to myself. If I invented the time machine, I would go back to this point and tell myself I invented the time machine. And if that hasn't happened, I haven't invented it because time is not linear, right? So <laughs> yeah, I haven't invented a time machine. I'm very upset about that. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> um, but, um, well, this has been a weird. It's been, it's, we've been jumping in and out of the topic here on this podcast, but. So, incident response. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we get the cyber insurance folks because I think in the in the initial ransomware phase, what people thought of cyber insurance was just a company to pay their ransom for you. And that they're definitely saying they're not interested in anymore. Yeah. And there's more yeah. costs beyond the ransom, right? So you pay the right. ransom, but what about everything else? Um, that's the thing. And policies have changed over time. Like, Back in the day, a couple of years ago, right? Like before the <laughs> pandemic, uh, it was like easy to get cyber insurance. Like, oh, yeah, I'll take a cyber insurance policy for $5 million, please, whatever. And now right. it's hard. And yeah. if you do actually use your, I've seen a lot of cases where if you actually use the insurance policy, guess they you? what? They don't necessarily drop you, but guess what your deductible co- becomes? What they paid for your last ransomware attack, right? Interesting. So if I had to pay $2.5 million, guess what? I now have a $2.5 million deductible for my next attack. Because let's Ouch. face it, we get IR in, right? We figure out what happened. We have to recover it. And then there's a whole stage where we have to do a postmortem, figure out how they got in, if they're still in, and close up the gaps. That doesn't always happen because people are so like, oh, our VMs are back online. We're good to go. Happy day, happy day. And they get hit again. Because they never fixed the way they got in in the first place. <laughs> what What do you think about the idea of, uh, and again, this would be driven by management. And, you know, a lot of times, like you said, management isn't necessarily at that moment thinking about the the best way to do something. They just want to do the fastest way to do something. Right. Right. So another thing I've been looking into is the idea of wouldn't the best practice to be to figure out how they got in before you do the recovery, before you turn everything back on. Yeah, and um, that that's where the IR firms come in because, like, they'll kind of get in and they'll be able to do that. They'll be able to say, like, you guys are so messed up. You didn't have any logging enabled anywhere. Like, we, we can't tell right now, right? It really depends on what happens in that first phase. Um, it, yeah. And it comes back to kind of getting ready for the attack and what kind of security practice you have. In some places, yeah, we could see 
people can figure out, uh, throw in a tool and say, yeah, guess what? They came in here. We know we're good to go. Other times they might not find it just because there was never. They came in, they went out before you even knew. Or nothing Never was under or we didn't, yeah. you know, we didn't have logging on yeah. or whatever, or they turned something off or. Logging is a beautiful thing. And, and also a system to get those logs off prem. Yeah. That's right? what people like because, forget about. Like, yeah. who cares about the logs? Like whatever, they're logs. No, you're going to, you're going to care about the logs yeah. someday. I promise you. Yeah. I mean, even if it's something as simple of making sure that the logs are represented as text somewhere that is then backed up by the backup system so that you can restore all of them. That's basic, but there are systems that you can buy that will just automatically uh, exfiltrate all of those logs for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to go back to a point you made earlier, Melissa, about sort of, okay, how do you make sure that you fix the things that broke so everyone isn't like, hey, my VMs are back up. I don't need to worry about these things anymore. Have you heard any cases where I know sometimes executives have sort of financial liability Right. To I've insuring. heard of that trend, right? Yeah. Like your guess what? Your bonus is tied to if yeah. you get ransomware or not and how you recover it and stuff like that. That's starting to happen in some places. Um, but a lot of it comes down to maybe the processes were never clearly defined up front. Yeah. Right. And that's where a lot of the cyber insurance stuff can actually come in and help. Well, they'll be like, You need to show us your, your response process. process. Yeah. And they'll be like, here you go. And they're like, okay, so where's the rest of it? Something like that, right? Like what, what happened? Like, the rest of it? <laughs> this is it. Like, here's a page, like it's not going to work. Um, and again, it comes back to um, the old school DR tests. Like there needs to be ransomware recovery tests and postmortems of that ransomware recovery test, right? Like y'all need to get in room and figure out what worked, what didn't work. Having done the old school DR test, I'm curious as to how, they do a ransomware recovery test because one of the hardest parts of a ransomware recovery is that the attacker is, they're still attacking. Like with the DR, you just say, okay, those six systems are dead. So he, yeah, right? so here's where it gets complicated. Right. You need to test multiple types of recoveries, right? So maybe I'm recovering, please, I, I can't even, I will vomit in my mouth if I say maybe I'm recovering in place. I can't even say that, <laughs> so we're not gonna say that. But like, maybe I'm going to my second site. Maybe I'm going to a warm site. Maybe I'm going to a hot site. Maybe I'm going to a public cloud. Maybe I'm going to a VMware cloud. You gotta test all those, right? Cause right. you don't know where you're going until that incident response phase starts, especially when law enforcement gets involved, right? So let's say stuff's really bad. The FBI comes and guess what? We are quarantining your whole data center while we investigate. Then what do you do? Mm. You're down for business, right, what do, otherwise. What do you do? Yeah. No, you go to public yeah. cloud, you go to um, a service provider, you go someplace else. So you have to have all that ironed out ahead of time. You have to know that there's different considerations for recovery from a ransomware attack than a traditional disaster. Yeah. So I guess, you know, from a traditional disaster, like what if the zombies eat both data centers, right? Yeah. Then you would still need to go to the cloud But or people probably aren't thinking about that though, right? The fact They're that, not, hey, maybe no. the FBI will come quarantine, right? No. Do you have your backups offsite? Do you have it in some place that you can bring it up? And like you mentioned earlier, Melissa, it's like things you should plan for ahead of time before you get to the point where you are trying to recover from ransomware. Exactly. And again, unless an organization, so I have a couple of examples of, I don't want to say DR done wrong, but uh, I worked for a uh, company when I was an intern on Wall Street and everything was in New York City and 9-11 happened and they were a block from the World Trade Center. That's what they couldn't, they couldn't do anything. Like they were mm -hmm. done, right? Like they were just done. So they like rebuilt their systems in a hotel room someplace, right? And that kicked off a huge project to say, we actually need a second data center and it needs to be not around here. 
right? Um, I'm also on the East Coast, right? So New York, Hurricane Sandy, we had this hurricane roll through. And again, like the data centers are like 20 miles from each other. Guess what? <laughs> they both tanked. Um, right. So things like that. So until an organization actually has something happen to them, it's really, and here's the, issue, the, the, the difference between disaster recovery and ransomware recovery when we talk about it. Traditional disaster recovery stuff, until it happens, it's easy to accept the risk, right? Well, you know what? It's cheaper for us to just like recover from this disaster and be down for two weeks than it is to actually put everything in a place where we build a second site, yada, 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 et cetera. That's because mm -hmm. the risk is so low, right? And there's all kinds of equations for this yeah. in you know, right. cybersecurity and stuff like that. Well, when you change it to ransomware, the risk is going to, it's going to happen. Like a probability of one, it will right. happen. Um, and that's what people don't understand. Like this is going to happen. It's not like you can say like, well, you know, we haven't had a hundred year storm ever, so we'll be fine. <laughs> um, it, it's different like that. And a lot of people, I've actually seen a huge uptick in people getting ready. I don't think a lot of people are where they need to be. Um, but I think as people get ready and it gets harder and harder to attack people because they've put like some semblance of security in it, right? You're going to go for the low hanging fruit. You're going to see the people who aren't ready get hit harder and you're just going to see more and more attacks. So, and the threat actors are going to have to get more creative. So here's a question for you. Normally, when we think about backup and recovery, right, it's always about restoring your data or your application because there might be a hardware failure, an application fault, user right. error, et cetera. Sometimes people talk about ransomware in the same context as disaster recovery and yeah. sort of those hardware. Ransomware is a disaster. I but, should have but, trademarked that. But here's the question, though, Melissa, is like you had just mentioned, it's not the same as no. a flood or a hurricane mm -hmm. or something like that. And so are we kind of pushing ourselves and kind of giving people the false impression that it is similar to those other disasters? No, and I don't think so. things that they shouldn't worry about versus we should be treating it similar to like an application failure or a user failure and treating it similar. It's like more towards that side of the spectrum than this side. <laughs> and, you know, that all falls under DR anyway, like hardware failure and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, and again, in a lot of those cases, it's easy to say, well, you know, I don't really want a second site. It's just yeah. cheaper to deal with the hardware it'll take we'll rush order i was in a situation at a company we'll just rush order at a new array from emc that will solve our problems <laughs> like that was the plan and that happened um so crazy stuff like that but the problem why i like to make the analogy so much is the problem is when you tell someone that you have to get ready to recover from ransomware they're just like i don't know hmm. what to do you have to put it in some context that kind of makes sense i mean disaster recovery is definitely like not sexy even though i've done yeah. it most of my career um, but it's something that everybody has an inkling about, at least, right? Everybody kind of knows that there is usually a DR test once or twice or a year at a minimum. Right. Um, so it's a way, it's a starting point, mm. right? It's not your final destination, but it's a starting point. It's, it's a, a to start context. Maybe you have some playbooks, some processes that we can leverage to go build on top of that and say, okay, so how do we make sure that we can recover now under any yeah, scenario? I like, to, I like to say that it's a subset, right? A DR is mm -hmm. a subset of a ransomware recovery, but there's so much else right and the big thing the, but and i think you said it already persona but the big thing to me the difference between a dr and a ransomware attack um is that the the disaster isn't over <laughs> you're, you're still, <laughs> i right? like when that it, the disaster right? never when ends. a flood is gone you're like okay all these servers got wiped out so those no, are the ones because the restore. threat is still there just because you recover yeah. from the ransomware attack doesn't mean they're not going to hit you again or someone else is going to hit you right well and and how do you even know um, 
<laughs> you know, like when, you, when when a hurricane wipes out a data center, you're like, okay, those are the servers we need to restore. But how do you, when you walk in your data center and there's a ransomware attack going on, how do you even know which servers have been affected or not affected, right? That's, well, that is a big part of it. Yeah. And I guess the other thing is even like you might see the active infection, like things are being encrypted, et cetera, but it might just be lying silently, right? We've talked about dwell time oh, in the past, yeah. right? Where they it's just, just kind of, they just exactly. chill in there for a while. Like who knows? Um, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I remember reading like a big name breach or something like that, or a big name attack. And they said they were in the network for like six months or something. I think solar like winds that. was like was that. It? Yeah. I don't remember, but I remember reading a couple of them where they've been in there a significant period of time and who knows what they're doing in there. Yeah. Right. Like who knows unless you yeah, catch they, them. So it's about catching. Yeah. Them. The meantime is something like 60 days actually is what I, what I read. Um, I'd be, I'd be I mean, the worst ransomware person. I'd be like, I'm in, I'm in, let's, let's go, let's go. It's like, no, you're not supposed to do that. You got to take yeah. your time and traverse yeah, through the and network and get AD. I'd be like, let's go encrypt VMware, let's go. I'd be caught so fast. Or maybe I wouldn't, maybe I wouldn't. You're only caught if someone's monitoring and watching, right, Melissa? Right. And you need to be well, looking for the right yeah. things. Yeah as, yeah, as soon as you encrypt a, a VM, uh, you're going to set off alarm or two. Um, but I, I think you can encrypt. All, I think you can encrypt a lot of files that no one's looking at, right? But the moment you start encrypting, oh, once you hit the the, the thing, yes. the only thing is, when you'll hit, they'll, you'll ca- hopefully you'll be caught as soon as you start encrypting the VMs. You do them all at once, so it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, right. Because it's, it's <laughs> I got all of them. It doesn't matter really quick, that you caught right? me doing yeah. the first one. I did them all. Um, yeah. But yeah, so generally they're in there wreaking havoc. Steal, maybe exfiltrating data, doing some stuff before they go encryption happy. Or maybe like I've heard of cases recently where they don't even bother like encrypting stuff. They're just stealing data at this point. Like, by the way, right, what right. Do have? Is that easier, by the way, to steal data? Because it seems that you can sort of fly under the radar if you just steal data because people will probably, maybe they notice, maybe they don't, but it's not as obvious as, say, It's definitely uh, not as obvious as encrypting stuff. I'm like this weird monitoring nerd too. I had like this monitoring fetish at being very strange. Um, so like I would like really hone in on like what to look for to catch that too. Right. But not everybody is crazy like me. Um, right. I think, I think, right. You should be able yeah, to. Yeah. I do. Th- I, to answer your question, persona, I do think that exfiltration as an overall process is easier in that if you can get any data out, the, there's mean, you, a like, there's look, a much higher chance that they will respond that they will pay the ransom right because backups aren't going to help i'm right? looking at my black hat over there i'm wondering if i should like put it on for this discussion <laughs> or something um like um, you would probably like yeah. see like all right like if i'm a bad person i'm not a bad person, I'm a good person. <laughs> uh, like they start small right they grab a file here and there and they see if they caught grab if anyone notices grab yeah this, grab that right like you don't go and just be like oh look here's the file share of 25 million gigabytes of mp3s i'm going to take it all at once no they're like picky and choosy they try to find the sensitive data they take a little bit here and there maybe they only need to grab a couple spreadsheets right it's not like right i think there's this misnomer that like they get in there i'm just going to start downloading massive chunks of data well, like well that's the whole point of the so you could actually trade a the, vm just like download the mdk and be like hey yeah your whole exactly <laughs> have a nice life but that, that's that whole phase of the um the initial phase of an attack is trying to expand out, seeing oh, yeah. what you can find out, exactly. seeing if you can find a spreadsheet called customer database dot yeah, right. XLS, right? <laughs> um, and if you can, like, you might not bother encrypting everything, but if you can't find much, 
you say, all right, I'll steal some stuff and tell them I have some files, but I won't tell them what, and I'll hope that'll make them pay, and I'll yeah. just go, you know, right. encrypt some stuff while I'm at it. Yeah. Which is more illegal? Is one more illegal than the other? <laughs> I think they both are pretty bad, right? <laughs> is one more illegal than the other? Well, they're both extortion. Yeah. Um, the act, the act of stealing it, right? Yeah. That's going to depend on where this happens. Uh, whether or not exfiltrating the data is a different crime than than damaging the data, um, but the but in, the the extortion happens on both sides, right? And that's definitely right, illegal yeah. in definitely pretty much every jurisdiction. Out there. Kids. <laughs> Don't so try this at about, home. So we talked about incident response. You've now been hit by a ransomware attack. In and let's just take VMware environments, right? So what? do you see people doing like, or what are things that they should be doing that they're not like, how do they even approach them? Yeah. Right? So, so your VMware environment gets encrypted. Now what? <laughs> um, to me, it's trash. I would throw it away and start over. Like, I'm not even joking. Throw it away. Start no, over. Not it's trash. And, 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 and how I much, <laughs> and, and how much would you, when you say throw it away, are you talking about throwing away the virtual machines, throwing away the ESXi wipe the servers, host. wipe the, the host, wipe the storage array, wipe it all and start over. Um, and here's the thing, right? So like, you know, I, I like it. I have this weird side of me that it also does like weird blogging stuff, right? And like, I like SEO and stuff like that. And even in my career at Veeam, people are like, how do I back up my VMware host? I'm like, you don't. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you don't. Um, you automate the build process yeah. and the configuration, right? You don't actually back up your host and restore it. It's you just rebuild the whole it. thing. It's yeah. a clean install and you configure it. Um, so that's what people need to be testing too, is how I would actually recover is almost a misnomer because personally I would trash it. Um, how do I re rapidly rebuild a VMware environment? And that's something that people don't do every day, right? Like that stuff runs. Like you might've not even reinstalled. Yeah. You could have just been upgrading uh, for the last like 10 years right. and like whatever, probably not 10, probably four or five years you'll get a new host. I don't know. It depends. Um, so that's something that people don't practice and don't do. Um, and you can actually do that all for the most part um, in a nested virtualization environment, get yeah. all your processes down stuff. So it's a pretty low call. I mean, you should test on your physical hardware at some point for any drivers and stuff, but it's actually a relatively low cost and effort thing to figure out. It's not rocket science. But when you do this testing, wouldn't you also want to involve, say, like your networking team, your storage team? Yes, you team, want to, any of this testing, you want to involve anybody, everybody, okay. right? Everybody should be involved in this testing, everybody. And that's, I think, one of the biggest problems we see that they're not. So when you, know, you say- busy. They're like, I don't have time to do this. Yeah. When you say rebuild the VMware environment, um, obviously mm -hmm. you're talking about VM, you know, wiping the hosts and, and the storage and all of that. When we get to the phase of actually bringing back VMs, mm -hmm. what way would you do that? Um, so most backup software these days have something built in where it will actually scan for ransomware as you're mm -hmm. restoring, right? And right. find the ransomware if it's there. Because at that point, you know what you're infected with, so you know what to look for. Um, right. So I would be either scanning it or, you know, if you have really good... Um, and then you can decide how you're going to fix it or you're just going to go back to an earlier point or whatever. Um, you know, some people are really good with the IR stuff and say, we know the ransomware came in this date, this time. We are absolutely a million percent certain because we have all these logs go back to the last known good restore point, right? Um, so it really depends. But the backup people 
are going to be a big part of that, right? Because it's going to be what tooling yeah. they have and what capabilities I, do they have built in. This is something I put a lot of thought into lately of if the mean time of a, of a you know, infection is 60 days and some of them are twice that. Ooh, yeah. um, the, the idea of, of saying, oh, old. well, we got, we got infected December 1st. So we're going to restore to December 1st. That's a non-starter. It doesn't always work. In some cases it might, in some cases it won't. And then you're going back right. to scanning. So um, you've got, you've stuff. got to, I think in most cases, if many, if not most cases, you're going to do a restore and scan. Yeah. I've seen kind of almost like two stage recoveries too. Like, get the bare minimum of stuff, something up and run, something online up and running, right? Mm -hmm. To restore services and then do the full recovery later. So, mm -hmm. you know, you might be like, all right, so you know what? We can roll these servers back to December 29th. We can use the newest copy of the database. We can mash it together and make it work and serve our customers while we're actually restoring everything the right way. Rackspace. <clears throat> so it depends. <laughs> 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 yeah, it, it's, it's, what, the there. it's what I thought of when you, when you, as soon as she said that, I, yeah, I know. Yeah. Just make sure, Burn. unlike Rackspace, just make sure that you thought of this beforehand, right? The only way that this is going to work is if you identify what are the three services that need to be up right away so that we can function as a company. And what are the other 20, 50, and 100 services that, that can kind wait? of, um, that ties almost more into like the business con, you know, BCDR. Get yeah. Together a lot. That's yeah. almost like yeah. the business continuity. So like, what are our key applications and what level of, what do we have to do to get those online first comes back to our RPOs and RTOs. Right. Yeah. Um, it's such a big discussion that unless you've had it cross-functionally with the business owners and the app owners and the infrastructure owners and the security team, you're not in a good place. Yeah, I, th I think it's it's just it's one thing to have a discussion again, going to DR versus RR um, <laughs> is that it's one thing to go, well, what are the servers we're going to do first and what are the, what are the servers that we're going to do three hours later? Yeah. It's a whole other thing to say, what are the servers we're going to do the first couple of days? And what are the servers yeah. we're going to do next week? Right. I, and I think that's, that's the problem, right? You don't know until it happens. Like if, if, right. you, if it's your whole environment is done, right? right? That is very different than, oh, we know just, they just did this subset of servers or whatever. It's, and Which, like we were, um, uh, the company I worked for a company that I no longer worked there. It was a uh, I was a customer, and they had a, a very they were one of the first really really big ransomware attacks in the news, and it was like a disaster. I was like, wow, I'm glad I'm not on the VMware team yeah. anymore there when this is going down, right? Um, but it really depends, and you don't know what's going to happen. The only thing you can do is be as prepared as possible, right? Test different recovery methods, um, and. I love RPOs and RTOs and saying that we can meet them under a testing scenario, but in the real world, <laughs> we don't know that that's going to happen. Yeah. One of the things on the podcast we talked about a couple of days ago was um, like Tom was mentioning, Oh yeah, you just shut down your network and you start figuring out, okay, what it was affected. Yeah. But in what, and you prevent everything go, from going in and out. And I was like, but how do you communicate? Right. And he's like, yeah, make sure you have ahead of time sort of use cell phones, iMessage can work. You can set up a separate Slack instance completely outside of the corporate environment, right? Whatever it is to keep that ongoing communication going. <laughs> can you imagine going. like, uh, how am I supposed to use Microsoft Teams to communicate with a security team? Well, that might be Office 365, that might yeah. be okay. It's a bad example. Yeah, um, as long as you have a, as long as you have a, um, 
an internet connection, right? Yeah. Um, which is pretty easy to get but, these days. But like, who has people's phone numbers these days? People with incident response plans. That's who. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, but aren't there issues, though, where ransomware actors might still have access to your Slack instance and be monitoring what's going on from an incident response I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen, I have seen that happen where, like, they still had access. It was Teams, I think. They still yeah. had access. They were watching the IR stuff yeah. happen as they were still in there hanging out. It's like... Oh, yeah, yeah. This ransomware stuff is bad, Melissa. I'm just going to take that stance. It's bad. It's bad. And you don't know what's going to happen until it happens, which is why, and it ties back to incident response, right? And having an incident response firm on retainer that does this every day, right? Because I I don't care how good, even like, okay, let's say you drop Melissa into XYZ company and you put her in charge. Right. Do you, are you going to repel down a rope from a helicopter? Because that would be. Yes, I'm going to repel down a rope from a helicopter. <laughs> drop me in, right? And say, Melissa, get ready for ransomware. And six months later, you hit me. I would like to say that I'll be able to recover, but I don't know that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. It doesn't matter how good you are. You're not doing this every day, yeah. right? Like, so unless you're doing this every day because every attack is different, it's going to be like, what have these people seen in the other events? What, what ransomware gang have you been hit by, right? So I can put everything into place that I think I will need to make sure that we recover. And yeah, honestly, we'd probably recover all our data. I don't know if we could leave our RPOs and our RTOs. I'm pretty sure I could get all the data to the recoverable point. But what was exfiltrated? How do they get in? All that kind of stuff. Um, You don't know, which is why you have to call the pros. You have to call the people that do this every day. Is there sort of a standard ransomware recovery test? But like... That kind of outlines like, hey, here are the things, because I can imagine, say you yeah, can't you afford into- the pros, say you can't afford the pros, right? Mm-hmm. Is there sort of a, here are the testing scenarios you should be thinking about, or here are the things that sort of get shot in the head when a ransomware recovery, I, I kind of or ransomware hits? Like um, Google tabletop exercises, like ransomware yeah. recovery, disaster recovery, tabletop yeah. exercises, right? That's a good place to start. I've thought about doing like a Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> style type, like ransomware recovery. Yeah, with the actual fun. people. Yeah, with like you get like, the networking security. I backup. think that would be fun yeah. and useful. And you know what? When you make things fun, people actually pay attention. Yeah. Right. So like if I get you all into and be like, today we are going to talk about ransomware recovery <laughs> and have a mock simulation of what would happen. Be like, okay, you're a paladin, you're a warrior, uh, you're a mage, uh, an adult black dragon just showed up and encrypted your VMs. What are you doing? Yeah. Right? Like, you make it you're going to have so much fun, yeah. you're going to remember it, and it's going to work out a lot better. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, by the way, one of the things, you know, we talked a lot about prepping. One of the things that I think also, in terms of, we talked about exfiltration monitoring. I also uh, like the idea, and we talked about it on a couple of different episodes, this idea of um, something on your DNS side that would notice when you start talking to really weird domain names. Yeah, right? that's a big domain one. And there's all these are, lists. Um, a lot of these researchers long. will just like tweet, like, by the way, domain's looking a little hot, a little sus, you might want to block that stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's these lists yeah. of these like known bad domains and IPs and stuff like that, too. Right. Yeah, and and the other, uh, but I I do think that if if you implement exfiltration monitoring, if you have a specific exfiltration monitoring, I think you could stop or or notice it quickly and stop it. Um, But what I'm hearing from others is that not everybody can afford such a thing, 
right? No. Um, that, it, it, a lot of people know, can't and, afford it or they don't have the skill set to build it themselves. Yeah. And do you really want right. to be building and maintaining your own security systems? Probably not. No, um, but a lot of people do, right? Yeah, because they have no choice. It's better than nothing. Like I've done some yeah. weird stuff with some weird software because it was better than nothing. Um, it, it's really a difficult point to be in. And it's kind of like, you know, you all these people put out these... Um, all these uh, security companies will do all this research of like, here's the top ways they're getting in and blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. Um, there's a lot of marketing that goes into it, but there's a lot of truth, right? So like, I think the big thing was the people for a long time. The people let it in, you know, multi, where was it? When this whole Cisco thing happened, that was like um, MFA, right? They got yeah. into their MFA because they kept spamming them. Eventually they said yes, because MFA, like, stop yeah. calling me at 11 o'clock yeah. at night. Um now they're saying, oh, it's more vulnerabilities than people, right? So honestly, I feel like the people might be easier to deal with than the vulnerabilities. <laughs> I don't know. Um, because then it's going to be like testing the patches. Can we patch everything? Can we remediate everything? It's it's just like, what are the areas that you can find within your own organization to be quick wins because you want to prove that you can win to your management so you get more money and can do more projects. So you need like right. a balance of quick wins to prove progress and high impact. Right. What are the things that I can implement that will have the most impact to reduce the risk? And you're never going to get the risk to zero. I, there's a, a lot of people say, that, like, assume breach, right? Like, assume they're going to get in. So we can do all yeah. this security stuff. We can do all this backup. And backup is basically assuming they're going to get in, right? Like, we're not backing this stuff up because we think our security <laughs> is so great. Like, we're assuming that it's the last line of defense. We're going to need it. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it is trying to mitigate what you can in a way that makes sense for your organization because we can't have everybody working 20 hour days doing this either, or they're going to be too fried to make mistakes and yeah. people are a problem. Um, it, it's difficult. It really is hard for any organization. It's what can I do with what resources I have and CYA, right? If I'm, I'd probably be doing a lot of CYA yeah. when, you know, they tell you it's too expensive and you can't do that. Well, you better have that documented. So when you get ransomware, not like, Melissa, why didn't you put in that security <laughs> system? You told me we didn't have the money. You don't know what's the current hot way that they're going to they're, they're gonna attack you. You can't stop all uh, mm -hmm. vulnerabilities. You can't stop all stupid user things that stupid users are going to do. Um, and... Um, and, and so you, I do think you, you have to assume breach, right? And so you do have to do some things in your network that are going to tell you when the bad guys are here um, yeah. and that we stop it as quickly as we can. Can we make a movie about this, please? It'll be like, boring. Somewhere. Nobody, it'll only be exciting to IT gonna, people. I'm going to have chat GBT write me a movie. I've had to write me <laughs> ransomware Hallmark movies. I kid you not. <laughs> I'm just saying. Have to educate uh, myself somehow. Uh, my wife would watch it if we make it a K drama, <laughs> make it a Korean drama. Um, Ooh, that would be good. Or like a Bollywood ransomware story. <laughs> yeah, I, there was a ransomware attack in a K drama that uh, I don't know if you saw. It. There's one called Startup. Um, no, but now and, we have to. Uh, there, there's a there's a a really big incubator in Korea in this movie, um, and this group of people they they do a startup there. And right at the crucial moment, they get they get a ransomware attack, um, and and it was because some I'm people did some dumb stuff. Movies. They cut some corners, you know, and so they got the ransomware attack. And the tech wasn't bad, right? Um, there, I, I've actually seen a lot of. There was uh, the Good Doctor. That's the one 
with the guy that has he's on the spectrum. Anyway, they, they got a they ransomware got, episode too. They get they got a ransomware Grey's attack. Anatomy did one. Grey's Anatomy did one. Uh, totally Grey's good. Anatomy did one. Uh, the Good Doctor did one, and the tech wasn't bad. Right. Uh, I just, I just hate it when it's like, <laughs> like when you watch, I don't know if you ever watched, did you ever watch the net? Yeah. 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 That tech was Look, bad. All I know is I was, I don't know, maybe there's some Hallmark movies going on in my house and it was on in the other room and I was cooking dinner and my ears perked up because I heard something about an engineer and it was the dude right. who was the engineer. I was like, Oh, I had hopes for this one. So <laughs> Hallmark, if you are listening to this, I would love to be your female lead in a ransomware movie. I think that would be so much fun. Come on, come on. Happy ending. They, we, we the question is how can you incorporate a small town with a business that's, you know, on its last legs, and then totally. maybe that would so work easy. instead yeah. of instead of a rant, instead of a uh, you know a big bookstore coming into town to shut down your little bookstore. It's the ransomware attack shuts down the little the little bookstore in the well, small. Or it town. could be a, a doctor's office. And, yeah, right. Or a local hospital. We could do yeah. local hospital. That would yeah. be fine. Yeah, small town hospital. Only yeah. thing for miles. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's the big city girl. That knows um, that knows about ransomware to rescue the little small big town. city girl leaves her job at a software company, goes back to her hometown <laughs> to go out on her own. <laughs> Just saying, um, this can stuff you tell I've seen itself. a Hallmark movie or show? Or I, show I, I, or two? It's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> I'm just going to say that uh, around Christmas there was a thing going around. It was like Hallmark movie generator. And I looked uh -huh. at it and I went, this is my life. Oh my goodness. I'm <laughs> yeah. a Hallmark movie. This is so cool. <laughs> they are kind of predictable as storylines, but, but yet yeah, they've yet to have a ransomware attack. Um, Come on. I'm behind Disappointing. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, um, speaking of disappointing, um, you know, I hope, I hope you, hope you get, folks like this episode. I hope I wasn't I a giant some, disappointment. I, uh, uh, I think, no, I think this was a good episode. Yeah. Um, and I like, I think, you know, we covered a lot. We also had a little bit of fun. I love that. That's actually my favorite kind of episode where we, yeah. if it's just straight talk the whole time, it's boring. Um, and um, this, this was good. Uh, good, good smattering of both. So um, I think the one thing we're getting away from this is the best way to respond to a ransomware attack is to respond to it before it happens. Yes. Right. Talk to people, mm -hmm. talk to, you know, talk to a incident response team, a cyber insurance company is a good way to get one of those, um, you know, uh, do all the, the, those, the ransomware recovery scenarios, right? All the different scenarios from uh, the, the backup and recovery standpoint, right? Um, and, um, and do some kind of monitoring, logging, logging out. Right. Saving logging, your logs, logging. getting the logs, logging, log, log, I can't, I can't say that. I can't logging, say it logging, that quickly. Logging. Yeah, logging, logging. I can't. I don't know. My tongue doesn't do that. Anyway, um, and then also some kind of monitoring for what's going on in your environment that would set off alarms when a ransomware, you know, initial phase is happening, because uh, that's the key to start to stopping it is to stop it. Yeah, early. get it fast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Melissa. Thank you. And uh, thanks, Persona, despite the fact that you were the cause of all of our technical problems. I'm sorry. Hopefully not anymore. Sounds like a Hallmark movie. I, Sounds like a Hallmark yeah. movie. <laughs> thanks, Curtis. And enjoy your vacation, Curtis. And thanks, Melissa, yes, for enjoy. joining us again. My pleasure. 
We want to say thank you to our listeners as well. It's been a great year, 2023. So I hope you enjoyed this repeat episode that was so popular earlier in the year. And again, we just want to thank you. That is a wrap. The Backup Wrap-Up is written, recorded, and produced by me, W. Curtis Preston. If you need backup or DR consulting, content generation, or expert witness work, check out BackupCentral.com. You can also find links for my O'Reilly books on the same website. Remember, this is an independent podcast, and any opinions that you hear are those of the speaker and not necessarily an employer. Thanks for listening.